for those who love it loud. Pantheon Podcast presents Rockin' Pod Weekend. Nashville, March 17th through the 19th. It's a rock convention featuring panels, interviews, podcasts, signing sessions, vinyl, comic books, pop culture, and collectibles. Over 50 celebrity guests, including members of Mr. Big, Tough, Great White, Keel, Winger, Accept, and Twisted Sister. Live concerts, including Rare Hair on Friday, Keel Fest 2 on Saturday, and Eric Martin's Big Acoustic on Sunday. Plus a rockin' comedy show featuring Courtney Cronin Gold, Don Jameson from That Metal Show, and Craig Gass from The Howard Stern Show, and a whole lot more. Full details at rockinpod.com. Rockin' Pod Weekend is presented by Pantheon Podcasts in association with RFK Media, Third Power Amplification, and BobbyDreyer.com. Karen's gonna do the intro because this yeah. is do the intro. Welcome to the Sean Geek Podcast with me, your host, Sean Geek. And that guy, Fast Fred, and that lady over there, well, Karen B. Karen B. So weird to be on this uh, roster now. <laughs> Karen B is officially like I don't know. We've officially added her to the show. She's on the um, on the page. She's been doing enough episodes, and I don't know. We love Karen over here, so work my way up there. Yeah, oh yeah. And Karen has like a whole <laughs> her whole separate fan base from Todd and I, which is triple. Probably triple our size. It's weird. When's Karen on again? When's Karen on again? Yeah, I keep getting those. It's just a weird feeling because we're just like chit chatting. Yeah, in my mind. Yep. So uh, this week we have Nicholas Friesen on the show. Say hi, Nick. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me, guys. It's it's great. It's great having you. Um. So, tell us what you do. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna do we're not gonna do a standard interview like like Sam might do. We're just gonna chat about whatever pops up if that's sure. cool with you. Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. I'm game for your I'm stuff. Game. And not yeah, just so... to the music either. We can talk about all the stuff. Okay, so yeah, I uh I guess the main project, it's kind of a multimedia piece. Uh it's called Olivia C. And so I'm like I'm an illustrator, I'm an animator, I'm a musician, I'm a songwriter, and with the Olivia C project, I get to do all of those things. So it is, uh, it's a comic book issue two, uh, has just come out and I'm here to plug it. Uh, the unpredictable Olivia C, uh, is the name of that book. I want one. And, yep. <laughs> and, uh, so Olivia C is a, is an indie rocker. Um, she's a vigilante by night. She's a ballet dancer. Uh, she does a great many things. Um, and because she's an indie rocker, that means that uh, me and the gang, uh, the gang being Andy Cole from Eagle Lake Owls and Hearing Trees and Great Wealth, uh, Matt Powers from Midnight Review Presents and Vampires, and uh, Olivia Rain, who is a, a comedian and uh, all sorts of other things, an actress, uh, but she's also a singer. Um, so we create the music for Olivia C and we release, uh, there's the way we do it now is there's a single for every comic book release. So Lottie in the black and white room is the new single from Olivia C, which you can stream everywhere.
like that part at the end. And then uh, I do animated, uh, like hand-drawn animated videos uh, for a lot of the songs as well um, to just kind of like flesh out that world and tell different stories and stuff like that. So you can find all of that at oliviac.net. And uh, that is that is uh, a good chunk of, of what I'm doing with myself these days. Uh, other than that, like, yeah, I produce a podcast called One Great History, hosted by Sabrina Janke and Alex Judge. Uh, talking Whoa. about okay, weird. That's that's new. That, I didn't know about that one. <laughs> okay, that yeah, one. we've been doing that one for uh, we started that over the pandemic uh, and it's been doing quite well. It's all about the like the the great and sometimes not so great history of Winnipeg. Um, they are two like hilarious and interesting um, historians uh, and it really it's like it's not dry at all like it's super fun to listen to uh and i'm the guy like who uh who twiddles the knobs on that and then asks like the layman questions <laughs> so i'm the voice of the audience basically on uh on one great history hello and welcome to one great history i'm alex and i'm sabrina so yeah those are those are the the two big projects Okay, so you you and Todd are going to get along because Todd is the the man on the street or the person yeah. on the street. <laughs> um, You're the man in the audience. I'm the man on the street. So, yeah. for example, for today, Todd has no idea who you are. I think more or less. Right? <laughs> oh, I did see some illustrations, though. That's really awesome stuff. You're you're like the triple threat artist. Okay, you get the audio, you get the visual, you get you know the whole the whole package. It's it's all this stuff that I just like to do. Like I was, you know, playing in bands for years and lugging the bass amp up and down the stairs of the cavern or whatever. And you just get to a point where it's like it's 2 a.m. and you're haggling for money and you you didn't want to play last and you've had to play last for the umpteenth time. And I was just like, I'm tired of this. So I was like, what do I like about being in a band? I like recording and writing songs. So I write songs and I get really, really good musicians to like perform them. And I, I play on the tracks too, but it's it's just one of those things where it's like, what do I like? Well, I like making music videos. I like drawing. I like I like making the posters for for this. And like Olivia C, like that character started out on other posters for other bands, even you know, like that's where it all kind of came together. And so yeah, that's it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting cool. um, I got a little PTSD. Are you talking about two a.m. and lugging <laughs> stuff up the stairs? Yeah, yeah we uh, we're musicians as well. We've done. Yeah we've done our, our time and I kind of don't want to do the 2 a.m. <laughs> think anymore. And I remember haggling with, well, not me. It was always someone else haggling, but we'd, we'd have these really great bands. We somehow we'd get on the same bill as another great band. And they're like, yeah, you guys are headlining tonight. And here I am thinking, yep. <laughs> wow, that's the greatest compliment ever. You know, like, wow, you like our stuff. And that's might not have been really what it was. <laughs> they didn't no. go last. They want to borrow your amp and your drums and they don't want to go last because they don't think that people will stick around and all yep. this stuff. And you might even get bumped from the bill if you go last, <laughs> if they take too long. And... Yep. Yeah. 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 Fun yep. memories. <laughs> so what were your, so what, so playing live though, there, there must've been some fun venues to play. Like what, like what are your, what are your faves? Um, like, best sounding room in the city is the West End Cultural Center, in my opinion. Uh, it's beautiful space, beautiful staff. Um, you can sit down, you can stand up. Like it was, you know, it's it's my, one of my favorite sh sh uh, rooms to play and places to see shows. Um, I've, I've played just about every every room in the city, I would say. Like Goodwill was, was great and like great stage, great sound. 
um we used to play a bunch of gigs that like like before it was the handsome daughter it was a million other things like the standard and the rosenby and <laughs> yep. and all that stuff and that was like i had this one band at one point that was like a seven piece and we barely fit on the stage there like I, we had like <laughs> two two keyboard it was like it was called merch table delight and i'd really like aesthetically like i was like okay so i'm gonna play bass we have two guitar players a drummer and then two tall blonde women playing keyboards and so it was like very like aesthetically pleasing and then also another like when i i would swap off like she would play a glockenspiel when i wasn't uh, when i was playing bass and then when i just like front manned it and gave her the bass then she would play the bass and she was like the the kim deal to my uh well not quite frank black but i, I you know i, yeah. I screamed like him anyway so um <laughs> yeah like and that was always fun to like try to squeeze everyone on that stage like i just remember one one of the one of the keyboard players was just like sitting on the edge of the stage with the keyboard on her lap like that was always fun but and then and then they were ones where we really had to haggle with them at the end of the night they'd be like ah, come back tomorrow we don't have the cash for you right now and it's like no 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 uh -oh. you will not remember me tomorrow <laughs> based on how you are looking right now um but yeah, they don't own that bar anymore, so it doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, I forgot about that place went through so many transitions. And I've I think I've been to every version of it, I think. But the handsome daughter's been there for well, at least a decade, yeah. Wow. Okay, now you're aging us all here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. Uh, I think the handsome daughter, Todd, what do you remember the handsome daughter? Was that one of her favorite? Yeah, that was one of them, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know what, it just uh, without, I, I almost need a picture in my head of where they are. I think I know where to, where that one is. It's on, like, it's on but... Sherbrooke there. Yeah, and then the, the there's a, the rear entrance to there. Is that? Uh... Yep. Yeah. Well, actually, they probably all have the rear, <laughs> the rear entrance. <laughs> yeah. The band comes in through the back. <laughs> I remember we had, it, we had a massive turnout for that show, and I never understood why. Because it was like kind of our first show show where we played a full set. Yeah, that was. I don't know. I, I I did like that place. It was pretty cool. Is that the one where they had the mixer on the wall? At one point, yeah. It's like it's so small that they did have just like a small mixer on the wall. <laughs> yeah, and then there's one place. I don't know if that was the one that was the stage was not a stage. It was just kind of on the floor. Was just kind of taped oh, off. That was the um um. Well, there's the Garrick. The Garrick. Just there was no oh, the, stage at the Garrick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Garrick. That's, that's the Garrick Hotel. Not not the like big Garrick Center, but yeah. Right. I like that. That was packed too. That might have been her one one of her best paydays, actually. For some reason, I don't know why. Well, yeah, I don't know how they they distinguish how much they could be paying a band if it's the the time of year or if it's how many bands are up there or how that all works. But we didn't do the I, business end. No, <laughs> we didn't do that part. No, I always I always tried to like get that all rearranged and like just like everything in life everyone wants something and doesn't want to pay you right like mm -hmm. so i would always it would always be the like okay like so someone in the band books the gig and i was like great figure out what we're getting paid if it's percentage if we have to sell tickets in advance blah 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 and yeah. it was always like it was always this haggle at the end of the night which drove me nuts and i remember once like uh when i was a member of manitoba music emailing someone there and being like is there anything in place and they're like no, like you just have to make sure that you arrange it like you know with with the with the venue beforehand and i was like right but like venues are sketchy so is there anything that you can like well you know ask your management and it's like no we don't have management like 
You think, yeah, Manitoba music would really, like be trying to set a standard. I think that'd be a great idea if they were sort of the, I don't know, the like policing it or or trying to come up with a standard for at least like the people like because we we were members too, yeah, of Manitoba. Like you know to kind of give okay, here's your guideline when you're dealing with the venue. Like man, that would have been a great idea. Yeah, it'd be a great workshop to uh, to organize. You hear that, Manitoba music? Organize a workshop on how to get <laughs> paid by a venue, the most simplest thing in the world, <laughs> and bring in some venue owners. And uh, None of the venue owners would show up for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure, no. I'm sure you could find some some retired Teamsters or something with some uh, <laughs> some, some kneecap busters and uh, get in there and go, okay, you know what? Yeah, You're going to pay these guys. This is the contract. If uh, they hear, they're playing here, they have to go through us, so. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've like, we used to, my dad used to own a business and there was a guy named Big Al there. And whenever someone would uh, <laughs> be, a, be a, a scofflaw in any way, me and Big Al would go knock on the door and I'd talk and Al would just stand behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Todd, if you, if you'd put on another like 100 pounds or something, we could have, you could have been a Big Al, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stand behind just this big, Big huge uh, barn door. Yeah. You want to pay us, don't you? <laughs> like my name is Nick, and this is Big Al, and Al would just nod yeah. and like and, not, and just like stand there with his arms crossed. Say hi, Al. Like, hi. <laughs> as long as he didn't sound like Al Bundy, I guess. No, he. Uh, yeah. I, I once made a. I was. I went to UW for filmmaking, and in my student films, I once used Big Al to uh, to play a heavy in a, in one of the scenes where it was like he was like the lone shark type. So I was like kind of like a little art imitating life, or vice versa. But <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, Al, can you uh, can you beat my friend, the actor, uh, within an inch of his life on camera without really hurting him? He's like, Oh yeah, I got experience in this. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Nice. Sorry, to be beat down. I was going to say, Karen, we seem to be hogging the conversation here. No, no, no. All good. Like, this is all entertaining <laughs> for me. You know, I, I am not in the band. When they say we, it's just them, too. <laughs> I am a mere audience. <laughs> like, I do show up on these venues, but I'm on the other side. Yeah. You, well, what's your What's your favorite venue to go to, then? Like, what kind of shows do you go to? I like the Goodwill now. The <laughs> Goodwill has been kind of my go-to now. Uh, I just like the vibe in the space. Um, I'm a little sad that their uh, restaurant there is <laughs> moving out or taking a taking a break. Um, like Cow House, like it's really really good. It's weird because you don't expect to eat that type of food in like a like a bar <laughs> scene. Um, but uh, no, I I like the whatever Goodwill puts up. I'm just like it's so easy to just drag me out there. <laughs> <laughs> It's the right mix of, uh, you know, they could do some events and then um, it's still like, um, I know, not large enough because I hate the overwhelmingly mm -hmm. large spaces. Um, I like that. And actually, uh, times changed has uh, oh, yeah. grown on me recently. Yeah, that's that's maybe the only venue I haven't played in the city. I've never had a band that was quite country enough or something to uh, to play the times changed. But yeah. Yeah, you play the um there's a lot of um i guess like i don't know if you're still playing when the beer garden started popping up like i love no. i love the idea of the beer gardens and um because they came up kind of like during the pandemic mm. and you know there was no no live music for a long time and then they started popping out all over the city and then they started having live music which is kind of neat 
Yeah, my uh, my friend Jenna and her husband, uh, they and other and other people too. But they, yeah, they they opened that beer can outside of uh, Times Changed, and then they moved it over to like a more permanent spot yeah, with the curling yeah. rink there. And yeah, they like Jenna's such a fan of music that it's like, yeah, like she knows, like she's you know friends with bands and has followed bands for years, and so it's like nice to see her get to like curate. And actually have yeah live music over over covid was it was something that it was like man like i i put on a show with my day job like a charity show and it was like greg mcpherson and cassidy man and it was just like okay this is my first like indoor show back and like to have these guys on like people i'm fans of or a fan of like it was uh it's like this is my this is the right way to return to live music yeah, no kidding it was, it was super cool a nice name drop there so um i I was going through i was going through the website as well and i was kind of gonna pick a couple things off of here that i thought was very interesting so how did you hook up with nicole biblo is it biblo 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 nicole biblo uh yeah i did uh did a few videos with her back in the day um yeah she she lives in toronto now i think but yeah she was from selkirk and then was in winnipeg for a long time and i think she's she was uh she went to college or university with my wife and uh then when i oh I used to wow have a, okay yeah i used to have a radio show on kick fm uh 92.9 if you if you remember that uh you know I listened, years ago or whatever I li- that's the only radio station i listened to when it was around <laughs> so i probably so was, heard i probably heard some of your picks and maybe that's that was where a, I got some of your picks. Maybe. Um, that's where I met my wife, actually. She was hosting and I was hosting and our shows got bumped together and uh, we all started hanging out and stuff. But yeah, and I would just like, Nicole was just, you know, one of the musicians that was in the in the playlist or whatever. And I had her on a show and then she was like, oh, you, you make stuff. I'm going to make stuff with you. And then, yeah, we did a few videos and uh, it was like very much like in the no budget video days. So mm-hmm. if you go and look up those YouTube videos, it was just like, Kate, we got no budget. We're just going to get creative and we'll, we'll rally the troops. And I was like, I think I was TAing a film class at that time. And so I had like a bunch of the kids from, from the acting and the film program and stuff appear in the, in this music. We did this video called things that I learned when I worked at the hospital. She's very like Ben folds, like piano yes. rock. Yep. Like that's, that's yeah. the song. Cause it was playing on kick FM and that's yeah. how I discovered <laughs> the song. And then I went, it, this is back in the days of, you have an iTunes account. And if you like a song, you just go buy it for a buck or two bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard the song and I'm like, this is so quirky. It's so Manitoba. Yeah. And it got played a lot on kick FM. So I like, I, I pay, I bought the song. I still have it. Uh, although uh, I, I think iTunes tried to take it away from me, even though I bought it. <laughs> um, And I, you're just I, renting I, it from iTunes. Yeah. Just <laughs> renting it. Well, whatever. I made sure that I owned it. But it, it's a great song, and I didn't even know there was a music video for it. And I'm, I popped it on this morning. I'm like, what the hell? Like, there's a <laughs> music video. Nick Friesen? No. <laughs> so it's funny because I actually made um I made a mixtape. Sorry, this is a long story. That was the name of my show, actually, was the mixtape. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. I probably listened to it, I'm sure. So I, I would pick all these songs off of Kick FM. And I would buy them like I was trying to support the artists. And I I mean, I guess I was supporting iTunes, but I was trying to buy <laughs> the songs I liked off of there. So I you know, that was one of the the songs I discovered. 
um daughter came from kick fm like i i I'd heard daughter for the first time they had a song called landfill that was awesome mm. i discovered why from there they actually had a really great tune that was number one on kick fm for a while so i yeah, bought uh brian cook's band right brian cook's band yeah yeah and then just uh, there was a number of so i made a kick fm like i bought all these songs and then i put them on a cd and i would listen to them in my car nice. after kick fm died <laughs> you know what's funny about when kick fm died it was like scheduled to go off the air at like a certain time and they had this like goodbye reel and everything it was like this nice montage that they put together and uh the station cut itself off like in the middle of that goodbye montage are you serious that's the most like you know local radio thing that's ever happened <laughs> i remember writing a complaint letter because uh, i i had just moved and I couldn't pick it up anymore on the radio. That was too far away from the signal. But um, anyway, so I play that CD and I still have that CD that I made to this day. And I played it for my kids. Mm. Now, this is like, when was Kick FM? Like, how long ago was that? Like, 15? Like, I got on there around like 2006 and it was on until 2012, I think. So, you know, okay. it started before that because I was listening for a few years before that, but. But now my kids listen to it and everything off of there, like everything off of there, they, uh, can I have that on my mix? Can I have that on my mix? <laughs> can I have that on my mix? So I've made mixes on um, on Google Music, which is what we use here, mm-hmm. and, and trying to refine all these songs, and I can't find them all, um, and find them all and make mixes for my kids. So my kids are actually listening to the music I fell in love with on Kick FM. That's you awesome. Know, 15 years ago, which is pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Karen, you would have loved Kick FM. Like, honestly, they, you you would have had no other radio station on. It was super indie. It was very local. It was like hyper local. Oh, like, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and was, their charts, a, the charts were good too. Yeah. There was a top 40 every week. And like, yeah, it was, it was interesting because like the Kick FM, like all the DJs kind of like a lot of them went into like commercial radio and stuff. And actually still have jobs to this day in radio oh really um okay yeah yeah like i think that um like mike yurik who used to host the morning show he went like he was at uh 103 for a very long time and then um i think he's like one of the station managers now at like uh, at city or power i forget which one but yeah so he did that for a long time but then like others like like bruce tulloch who did beer for breakfast like he yep. took that over to umfm I did a little bit of CKUW and then I did a show on UMFM for six years uh, called Jaded and Elated. Um, and okay. I just ended that about two years ago. And that was like a 90s Canadian music show. Um, and yeah. I would interview like 90s artists. And so like first few interviews were like Craig Northey from The Odds and Mo Berg from Pursuit of Happiness and basically kind of ran the gamut and like did all the, you know, oh, your record's turning 25 this year. Let's talk about it and stuff like that. So, so if I'm going to make, I'm just going to make a quick recommendation, Todd, take notes here for your <laughs> band. Cause you're in a cover band and your band tends to do a lot of Canadian, great Canadian stuff. Mm-hmm. So Moberg pursuit of happiness. You guys should do a pursuit of happiness song. Mind if I don't have a pen. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to listen back. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of those bands that you're talking about, like that's the kind of stuff that Todd's band, they cover the, a lot oh, yes. of that kind of stuff. Like they do have an odds, I believe they do an odd song. I believe so. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. Uh. No, I don't know. Yeah. So like, 
did that on UMFM for a few years. And it's kind of like, you know, something just kind of like runs its course. And it's like, yeah, I feel good about this. And then, but then, yeah, we do, uh, like I say, that one great history podcast that airs on UMFM as well. Uh, every, every Monday at one. Uh, but that is also just like a streaming podcast that goes beyond one hour many times. So the one hour edited versions are on UMFM. I feel like such a shameless plug trying to like work in all of my, uh, all of my nonsense into our, <laughs> into our casual conversation. <laughs> I'm just a hustler. What can I say? Well, no, it, 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 it pays off too. So how did, <laughs> so, so, so I was, I was at a bit of a crossroads. So I, I you, I, I met you at your house. I, yeah. I, yeah. We have, we wound up hanging out for like an hour that night. <laughs> yeah. And like my wife was texting the whole time going, you okay? Yeah. Because <laughs> there was a blizzard that night and you came there, over to pick up your comics. Because yeah, yeah. I wanted it really bad. <laughs> but so Sylvie's like, oh God, I bet you. So this is so this is how this is how Sylvia runs it in her head, right? She's like, he's gonna meet some rando again. <laughs> so he's either dead or they're having a big discussion about the pixies or comic books or something. And we Which, did we did talk we, about the that's pixies. Exactly that comic what we books, talked yeah. about. <laughs> So he's either dead or he's having a two hour conversation in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> and so luckily it was the latter. Wait, the latter? Is that what I said? Yeah, the latter. No, I didn't die. But, um, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. How about that? The train of thought. Has oh, train of thought. No. Okay. So I was going through all your stuff and Ooh. I bought the the book, which I was going to bring with me to show, but the um, the book does get the CD in, in the back, which is really what I wanted because I I'm a CD CD file, I guess. And then I really wanted the CD. I'm like, I got the Olivia's the Olivia C on cassette. I do have a cassette player, but I was excited about the CD. So I'm listening to the CD and I'm listening to the cassette. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh there's some some of the same songs on here. Oh, wait someone else is singing this song it's not olivia c singing the song i'm like and then i'm like oh shit am i supposed to like the olivia c song more or am i supposed to like the other the other version better and i'm like because they were so there's so to explain to karen and todd so there was a cd that came with a, a book that he wrote with you know short stories poems and stuff and then there's the olivia c cassette which is basically nick's pretend band playing olivia's it's olivia's band but it's right. whatever so some of the original songs had a, had a life before i'm assuming that's why they're on they're on the cd mm-hmm. some of them get repurposed for olivia c the the cartoon character or the comic book character yeah some of them like like there's i choo choo choose you which yep. had a number of iterations um i first read there's i was i was in a band called future kids with a guy named gareth williams who was the singer and I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to write you a Gareth Williams solo track that'll break all the hearts. And it was called Choo Choo Choose You. And uh, he just like played like the saddest, you know, like real, real beautiful, sad music. And so that's uh, him on guitar then? On Yeah, yeah. On the like, on that's the him original. just doing like like a real like it was like an iPhone recording type of thing. Right. Like, yep. but yeah, the idea with the, with the CD that came with the book, Understanding Anti-Skip Technology, was that I just wanted to because I'd written a lot of songs that other people like had recorded or like I've just been in a lot of bands. And so it was kind of like my own little personal greatest hits. And I wanted to just put out this collection of short stories and I put the lyrics in the back of it and put the CD with it. And
famous Sandhogs did a cover of of, uh, of one of the songs and like Gareth Williams. And then we did, uh, yeah, Lottie in the Black and White Room, which is the new Olivia C song. Kaylee from Future Kids and I had originally done that as like, we did the 48 hour film fest one time, the Cinematheque thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of just making a film, we decided to write a song on the Friday and then make the music video on the Saturday oh, and that on the Sunday. So that was that, that that's how that song came out. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of just like all sorts of stuff. And I also, I had a band called uh, Video Brats with Emily Granger from X Modern Teen. And that was an exercise in like, okay, we're going to make an EP in 24 hours. Okay, we're going to make, yeah. Like, so it was just. So was it recorded off the floor or, or was it, was it tracked? Oh, or... we, we like multi track because it was just the two of us. Right. Okay. And then we started bringing video brats to other people. And we'd like, say if we did like have a video brats party and we'd have like, a recording studio on one floor of Emily's house and then one in the upstairs, you know, like so that we could record two songs at once. Like it was just kind of like this. And it was this beautiful thing called the no label collective with like a bunch of bands, like Johnny sizzle and a bunch of bands that aren't together anymore. Like Hey Pilgrim and Cato destroy. And yeah. Anyways, the, the old days of, of making tunes. So yeah, this, this whole collection was just the idea was just to like bring them out. And then, so yeah, well, like some of them were just like very, 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 very lo-fi. And so I'd be like, ah, maybe this can be an Olivia C song or whatever. And even the Olivia C songs themselves started out just being like Andy and I testing out new recording equipment that I got while I was in Future Kids. And we sat on these instrumentals for like two years. And then I was like, maybe these can be Olivia C's songs. And he's like, "Ooh, I like that. Let's let's like create this lore and create this character and everything." So, and then we brought Matt into the mix, and then we I was like auditioning like different singers to to be Olivia, but they were like, "I don't know. Like, I feel like this might conflict with my own music project." And so that was when I remembered that I'd met Olivia Rain, and that she was an actress who could also sing. And I was like, "There's going to be an acting component to this, and a singing yeah. component, and so it doesn't conflict with her own band or her own musical project. And it's also a real like we just get together once a year and over a weekend crank out a bunch of songs. So oh, it so is very so that's the routine. Okay, it's very quick. Like Matt and Andy, like it was literally like Olivia and Matt and Andy had never met before. Like the first EP <laughs> was like recorded piecemeal, and then we all got together to do the second record." And it was like, Olivia, this is Andy. Andy, this is Matt. Hey, everyone can meet each other now. And they got on like a house on fire. It was like immediately like Andy and Olivia sat down and started like working on a song. And it's just like, it's all captured on on video. Like I always throw up like three or four cameras so that I can capture oh, really? everything. Oh, oh that's yeah, awesome. Man. Oh, that's yeah. good. I'm obsessive that way. I like to document all this stuff. But that's... The, uh... Go ahead, Todd. No, no, I was going to say the um, the term you said, I choose to choose you. Is that a, a Simpson reference from when uh, Ralph Wiggum gave Lisa Simpson a, a Valentine's? It sure is, Todd. And let me tell you, <laughs> I made a Simpson style video for I choose to choose you. So if you look up Olivia C, I choose to choose you, you will you will it's see that I spent a month recreating scenes from The Simpsons uh, and putting my own characters into them. Uh, so that, and that's actually yeah. the most popular Olivia C video online. So. Well, I'm glad people are finding it. Of course. Well, I mean, it's a good song, but I mean, the uh, what? 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 Simpsons? What? What's this? And then you know, then they listen. They it, you know, it's it's a good hook. I saw the "Welcome to Winnipeg" uh, illustration you did 
with the the Simpsons type characters on there. It was that was pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> so so you you've done music videos for some people too. So mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just interesting. Like I I think Winnipeg has this like never mind seven degrees of separation thing, but it, it's probably like <laughs> more like two degrees of separation. Like everybody knows everybody. Um, it's kind of interesting how, so what came first? Were you doing music videos at the same time that you had like previous bands and stuff? Oh and yeah. It was just, it was just like, okay, well we can do our own stuff. Like, was it, was it more of a, an exercise in, in indiness and like, okay, well let's just do it ourselves. Or was it more, a, a was it more of a calling to do the video stuff or like how did how did that play out it's just a real like i want to do all the things type of thing right like it's and it's very much about like friends working on other friends stuff or like someone sees a video i did and they oh yeah can you do one of those for me and like started doing these animated videos and the first one i did was for greg mcpherson party at greg's and that was as simple as i'd been a fan for a million years and i knew um like his his partner in crime at Disintegration Records, Cam Lepke, I'd I'd sat in on some like, and whenever I had like a, a friend's band that was recording, I'd say, oh, can I come and like take photos or video or whatever? I just want to like hang out in the studio and kind of be part of the process. And so I met Cam that way. And he would always like look at me and be like, don't film me, you're stealing my secrets. And uh, so <laughs> I walked up to Cam. And Cam's like, Cam's a legend in his own right. Like, like he worked with the Weaker Dans for years and he's on tour with Sloan right now. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he's cool. he's one of the best, you know, sound guys and, and audio engineers. Um, and like, not just in Winnipeg, like he is he is quite a legend. And I walked up to Cam and I was like, hey, Cam, good to see you. I don't know if you remember me. I was wondering if you could introduce me to Greg. And he's just like, Greg, this guy wants to talk to you about a video. And I'm like, hi, Greg. My name is Nick. I'm a big fan. Um, and he's like, oh, sit down. Hey, good to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I have this idea for a hand-drawn animated music video. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And we just sat down and talked for like an hour. And yeah, so then I spent a bunch of time trying to figure out how to do that. And I, I did that. And like, and then we wound up doing a live action video together as well a few years later for his song 1995. But then people would get in touch and be like, oh, hey, I saw that video you did for Greg. Like, and so with each video I did, animation-wise, it got a little better, you know, and I got to, it's very much like 70s Hanna-Barbera, like that's about the extent of of what I can do, so, you know, um, so yeah, I did one for the Sorrells called Spring Break, yep. which uh, which did pretty well. I did, uh, I did a rotoscope-style video for Sierra Noble, um, like meaning that I shot with her and Rusty Robots in the studio for a day, and then I cut the video together. And then I frame by frame hand drew animation over top of that. Of course, um, you know, Rusty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, Rusty, you. too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rusty and I know, like, I, I wrote the Imaginary Cities first bio when I was also, like, I was a music journalist for a while. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah man, like, I've, I've kind of dabbled in, in too many things. So, so right now I'm actually working on a, on a screenplay. <clears throat> uh, well, it's not for Rusty specifically, but I'm writing a um a, a short film based on me, Rusty, a comedian and a podcaster on a podcast. And it's the story of how we wh- like, why are we all in this po- same podcast <laughs> together? So it's That's the story awesome. that leads up. So it's going to tell Rusty's story leading up to the podcast, my story, the comedian story. 
and the podcaster story and how we all like why would us four people four completely different people end up on that same podcast together right so i i, I asked rusty's permission like like he shared a lot of stuff when i was talking to him and i'm like are you sure you want me to put this stuff in here because it's it's very personally nope if, if i talked about it then it can be in there so it, it was all yeah. cool so so that's the idea is like because like i i discovered rusty backwards because i was always aware of every band he was in mm-hmm. but i was never aware of rusty himself i just knew all of these bands i didn't realize that there was a link between all these bands was Rusty. yeah he's he's the thread and i mean and he's yeah. written songs for also like tom darcy from small sins like he's kind of he's worked with everyone he had imaginary cities he, had, he was in the weaker thans yeah he was uh waking eyes sheep sheep dogs he was he, sheep he, dogs he was there the, the hired gun guitar player for a while and like but yeah now he's making music as rusty robot he legally changed his name to rusty robot yep. and uh that is because his name is dana mattias but yep. now he's rusty robot and yeah he's he's a super honest and lovely man and he's hilarious. He should have a he should have a kid show like Fred Penner's place. Like oh my god, he's just amazing and creative. So yeah. I was just watching. Um, they did a um an ad a, th- a thank you ad for um for the I can't remember the name. Oh, for uh, Tripwire. Yeah, yeah. So and they were thanking all of their the all the people that they work for. So and the whole the whole music video is the, is them just you know the thanks to hsc thanks to but they're like singing it so they're just literally listing every single person that they work for at their at their company yeah and it's like it's doug darling who like runs the company and he's like lip-syncing rusty's voice and stuff yeah yeah it's hilarious but it's so i don't know it's so funny he, he's he's a good dude i don't know why todd karen we should have him on the show i don't know why i've never I thought of asking him but i remember when i when i met him the first time because and again, I hadn't I hadn't made that connection yet, but I went to go see the Pixies because that's like mm. my you know number one, number two favorite band of all time. And then Rusty's on stage with Imaginary Cities, and my wife's there, and we're like, "Who's this band?" And I'm like, and I'm and I'm and again, I I never knew what Rusty looked like. I just never made mm. that connection. Right? I didn't realize he was the thread for a lot of stuff. And I'm watching them. And my wife and I are looking back at each other going, this is really good. <laughs> and then we're like, why would the band, why would the Pixies bring on a really great band to open for them with the possible chance of upstaging them? <laughs> why would you do that? Like, it didn't seem like a, a smart business decision, but I, I don't know. Who, I don't know who approached the band to open. Like, I don't know that story, but I think they I'm were sure it was just worked out through management but yeah no like they were they were fans and i to to the best of my knowledge rusty is still like friends with dave lovering like i remember he told me that like him and uh him and one of his producing partners like dave is the drummer by the way for the pixies guys yeah dave Dave from the pixies yeah it was was like rusty like texted him he's like hey you guys are playing with weezer and fargo or something like any any chance you can you can get me a ticket or whatever and Oh man, Dave Lovering is one of my favorite drummers of all time. I rip him off a lot. Yep. yep. Yeah, so good. Also a great, uh, great magician. Yes, very good magician. <laughs> yeah, when the, the Pixies were not doing the th- their thing, he went to do magic, and that's how. Because yep. the Pixies never really made money off their music. They were like one of the most influential bands of all time, but they didn't have the, the pay like the the money 
to yeah, so it was it was very cool in the in the in the aughts there when like pixies and pavement got their reunions and got their paydays so that yeah. like they could have their million dollars that they never got yeah. after influencing every band that got the million dollars like honestly there would never have been a nirvana without Nope. The Pixies. Because, I mean, it literally uh, smells like teen spirit is ripping off uh, UMass. Yep. Pixies. Like, it's literally, you know, exactly the same riff. Loud, quiet, loud, man. That's yep. the formula. Yeah. So you're, you're a big Pixies fan then? Huge Pixies fan. Yeah, yeah. I saw them. Uh, I saw the reunion show here when they played, like, the the second. It was supposed to be the first show in Winnipeg. And yep. or through, through some nefarious... Uh, ways i wound up acquiring some tickets to that because they sold out in like a minute or whatever but yeah i i yeah i was on the phone for i was on the phone and on the internet and i got tickets 30 seconds in i got tickets and i'm like oh those are shitty seats oh no <laughs> it canceled sold out what you remember when you had to call Ticketmaster? Oh, well, that's like what I was doing. You go to a Ticketmaster, yeah. which was like at a computer store at the mall, yeah, or something. Oh like. yeah, but I did see their second show. They did the Doolittle what twentieth anniversary or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, which is when the Imaginary Cities opened. So how was that first show? Like the first, the actual reunion show was that? It was it was incredible, right? Like they on that tour, it was because they had been booked to play Coachella. That was their big like okay. We're going to play our first big show at Coachella, but we need to warm up. Okay, we're going to play Canada because that doesn't matter. So <laughs> they, they, like they're they booked, huge in Canada, man. They played like a bunch radio of in, college yeah. radio in Canada. Like the music scene for a college radio in Canada. I don't care what you say. It's one of the best. Yeah. But they, so they booked this tour of Canada and the headlines were all like, Pixies to play the song Caribou to actual Caribou in Winnipeg, you know, like that's <laughs> stuff like that was was being said about the, like why are they doing this? And then so they wind up like okay, Winnipeg's going to be the first show, and so all of these music journalists are like we have to go to Winnipeg then, and they wind up landing in Minneapolis a few days early, and they're like you know what let's play a show. It was like the Fine Line Music Cafe or First Ave or something like that. And so they do this like super secret, like surprise first, first proper show in Minneapolis. And so everyone wound up going there instead of Winnipeg. Um, but then so they play Winnipeg and they on this tour, they said, we want to have the most uncommercial bands open for us. Mm. So Winnipeg, who's your most uncommercial band? And there's this band called Ham. Oh, yeah. OK. You remember Ham? They were yeah. just like. Like kind of like clunky, like math rock, like really heavy, and like like you'd see them at the Albert type thing, and everyone did Ham, just did Ham five hundred five hundred pound furnace. Was there some connection there between I with them? Okay, you're you're a little older than me, so maybe maybe you're right. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to see that, and me and my cousin went. Like my cousin, who's a little, he's maybe almost ten years older than me, but he had like really turned me on to the Pixies and. Uh, a lot of other great bands too, but we were sitting there. I just remember like sitting there and we were talking about like Husker Du and then they started playing Husker Du on the, on the speakers, <laughs> like in between sets. And I was just like, Hey, yeah, like this is the right vibe. This is cool. And John K. Sampson from the weaker Thans was like sitting in a row and you're looking around like, okay, like <laughs> wow. there's like, like this is like a who's who this is very cool. And uh, yeah, they come out and 
they it was like super like sloppy and loose and fun and you could just see on all of their faces and in, in what they were doing it was like just they were having fun being together again which was the best time to see them like because ever, since then like kim deal didn't want to record a new album so yeah. she left the band and blah 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 and like i've seen the breeders since then at the fine line in minneapolis and it was like super loose and fun and and just one of the best shows i've ever seen because i was six feet away from the breeders oh, at this tiny cafe um but yeah seeing um the pixies 14th row at the walker theater um yeah it was just one of those like eye-opening like also like seeing any band like that where you're just like music can be anything it can be it can be tight it can be loose it can be loud it can be quiet like just but seeing like joe santiago like ripping away and like kicking the amp over or like kim <laughs> kim deal yelling wait 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 as they're like starting head on you know like she's not ready to go and yeah it was it was one of the best shows i've ever seen you know like that and being on stage as a flaming lips dancer those are those are the two shows that that kind of broke my brain so flaming lips nice wait you're on stage with the flaming lips yeah so Something. they would uh they'd always bring people and like dress them up in costumes okay yeah yeah like like kids costumes and on the tour that they did this in winnipeg it was um there was a show called yo gabba gabba it was a kid's yeah. show yeah and, and we course. all dressed up like uh dj lance rock no way yeah so like my wife and i and a couple friends were like we were on stage and i was like I'm six it. feet away from Stephen Droz playing like my, one of my favorite musicians of all time. And then like afterwards, like so before in the, in the, like the dressing room area, Wayne Coyne comes back and he's like, okay, yeah. So uh, thank you all for being dancers tonight. It's, it's going to be a really fun show. So like be excited, be energized. And, <laughs> and then we're all going to hang out after. Okay. So like, you know, we'll, we'll take photos and everything after the show. Okay, great. Have a, have a fun show. And then we go out and it's the best show ever. And then afterwards, Wayne just like hung out and I was like, oh, like, uh, I, like, I'm trying to like sum up everything. And, you know, when you meet someone that you really look up to, yeah. I was just like, hey, thanks so much for having us on stage tonight. And thank you for your album in a pre-stroman ambulance, which is like just yeah. an incredible friggin' record. And he's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's from the 80s. Wow. Let me tell you. And he spent 10 minutes just telling me about the making of that record. Really? And, and he's like, oh, we recorded one song. We put a microphone through a vacuum cleaner tube and, and all this to get this particular sound. And all that. he's like, wow, th thanks for bringing that record up. I hadn't thought about that record in a long time. <laughs> That's it's awesome. just like, Jesus Christ. Like, so I've been, I've been very lucky in that like anyone I've ever interviewed or anyone I've ever met, like I interviewed Joe from the Pixies just over the phone, but like still like the nicest, loosest dude and like, everyone like i interviewed stephen page from bare naked ladies one time and we just talked for 40 minutes about music like after the interview yeah like, he was just we were having a good chat so we yeah, just the, inter talking. the interview was probably like the the, the bullet points you get a hit and then after yeah. what that should have been recorded and yeah well I, probably i did record all of it but like sometimes like the publicist hops on after 15 minutes and you gotta go and because they've got a day of of interviews yeah. to do but sometimes you get lucky and you just get someone in a chatty mood or whatever right and so yeah the only like i can't even think of a bad interview that, that i've gotten thankfully everyone like maybe maybe uh nick from islands but then once he realized that i wasn't like a journalist yeah like, how to get him that i was like a fan <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he was like he kind of like mellowed up at the end of the interview but 
he was also a notorious interview so i think that's that's got to be frustrating as an artist though like you're getting these same like five questions yeah. asked endlessly that's why like when we said we were going to interview some people on our show like i, I didn't want to do the the five let's talk about the five things you always like yeah it's almost like a job interview if there's a format yeah. or anything right um but it's really nice that you know you just connect with people like as a non-artsy person like I, I when I say that it means I can't create stuff like I can appreciate stuff but like <laughs> you know in my youth like I'm like if I want in my mind like oh I want to do this I want to do that I'm like I can't produce shit so like I'm just gonna appreciate people <laughs> and so it was really nice to hear about the process and you just go for it and I guess the one thing I can relate to is just like connecting to people like I've moved my family moved here right and right. so um it's um you know, not knowing anything, not knowing anyone, you just like, you can just walk up to people like, you know, yep. it's still this assumption is like, you can just have like a two hour conversation with a random person if the, you know, opportunity comes up. And if it's the right circumstance, you could just connect to people. And that's how you open doors or just make connections and just like meet like really cool people. Yeah, like, all you have to do is ask, yeah. like, right. you walk up yeah. to someone and say, like, or like, when I was pitching all of these, uh, these interviews, like, you just like I was cold calling over Twitter to people that didn't have publicists, right? Like, so yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are ask. scared. A lot of people are scared to like connect nowadays. They're like, how do we meet friends or how do I meet, you know, a partner or whatever? I'm like, just get out there. And I, yeah. <laughs> I still believe you can still just get out there, have a conversation with someone, do something you like, and then take it from there. Yeah, it's it's just that easy. Like, because everyone everyone we're just all people making stuff and we all want to talk right. about the stuff that we're making right like mm -hmm. it's if you and just before before the internet there's like yeah. in-person interactions that's a, a that's a real thing that people are just so afraid to like oh i don't know i'm like yes you can show up to an event and make meet like five people there yeah you yeah. could meet no one but like you should still be able to enjoy yourself in these like situation you're kind of burying your soul when you're you're in person where the internet is almost like eyes wide shut or whatever where they have a mask on <laughs> and they don't know who you are and and you're you feel safer uh interacting because they don't really know you mm -hmm. uh, but in person like the, it's bare they're right in front of you so it, it's uh some people because they've been away so long away from the public uh, everyone's kind of shy now and, and yeah, it's kind of all, all new again. And you gotta have to try and force yourself to get out there and, and, uh, and meet people the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like how we met, uh, Sam from which police radio, like the biggest celebrity in Winnipeg. <laughs> he's such a, he's just, such a sweetheart. eh? Like... I just kept poking him. Um, <laughs> hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Love Sam. Sam. Sam has been a big, uh, a big champion of just about every every band I've ever been in. So big shout out to Sam. And he also like you heard me on Sam's podcast, yeah, and then reached out to me, and now and now we're buds, and now we're having this conversation. Yeah, so it's awesome. No. Yeah. yeah well, usually, what I do is I, I poach. I'll 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 go to Sam and say, we poach, <laughs> and then he'll just do a quick introduction. No, he he's been really good because sometimes. Some like I feel sometimes he he gets like he nails an interview like really really well, and you can tell, and I, I don't want to give any behind the curtain stuff away, but sometimes you can tell like okay Sam obviously likes this band, Sam mm -hmm. obviously does not like that band, 
but he's still he's gonna interview them and he's still a good them. yeah it's still a good interview but I, I feel like now i like okay you really connected with these guys and then you know you hear the the requisite three songs he plays in his episode so then i go back and listen a little bit more i'm like okay no like like that's how we just todd and i discovered nick dyson who's mm, so good who's phenomenal like next level uh generational talent whatever you want to whatever whatever you want to call it he's really really good but he's really really humble too and um so we you know we had him on because of sam's show and it's like it, but it's like one of those things where like okay sam sam you know only has about like 40 minutes with them yeah because he's, he's songs, just using right? like uh the, the standard zoom right so. yeah yeah so he's got like 40 minutes and i'm like okay i need to know more so it's usually when and it's not to step on stam's toes because i usually ask him say hey do you mind but i'd like okay i want to go deeper with that artist like i want to i want to just have a conversation kind of you know beyond that sort of, as a supplement to his you know his episode or, or whatever yeah you're known for this but we want to know more we yeah. want to know the background kind of yeah, yeah.
I don't know. I see. I see that one Return of the Jedi thing on the right there. The big. It looks like a dog. I don't know what they're yeah, called. At at. Those, and at a uh, what? At at and at. at, at. And, at <laughs> and at at. Yeah, it's the ATAT. What's what's the abbreviation stand for? Uh, assault attack. All-terrain something. What, what does at at stand for, Nick? Uh, all-terrain attack. I don't know. So, Altering uh, armored transport. I yeah, think. yeah. There we go. <laughs> wow. We're, we're just so. Are those Star Wars action figures in the case behind you there? Is yeah. That so good? that's like an original run of like the Kenner seventies eighties figures okay. um, awesome. that I collected throughout childhood uh, before Star Wars came. Like I'd go to garage sales and uh, pick stuff up for a quarter, and now they go for way too much money online and. Uh, we lock him up there. You could, yes. you could, you could retire with everything you got back there. I always say to my wife, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, don't take any less than twenty grand for what's in this room. Like, yep. It's uh, yeah, like it's I'm surrounded. Like the whole room is uh, Star Wars, GI Joe, uh, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, all all the childhood stuff, and then a lot of new stuff too. That's got. That's how I got roped in here. I think my very first interview was because I came from a Star Wars celebration with my husband. Oh, oh yeah. And um and they're just like talk about it as we get uh furious and jealous in our seats and uh, <laughs> give us all the details. That's uh, that's why that's when we first podcast with uh, with you guys, I think. And it's a Todd Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was actually one of our uh, highest downloaded episodes actually. I'm just awesome. blabbing that's about like a celebration. Yeah, it was <laughs> the awesome, one celebrations though. we went to. I mean, it's a big deal because um, it's like the uh, San Diego Comic-Con. It's like such a big event and it's so different from like all the local conventions that we have here. It's like so much grander scale. And that was the year where um, it was the 40th anniversary of episode four. So we had John Williams, like, you know, (laughs) lots of like adult men were crying, you know, because you don't expect John Williams to show up. And then like the curtains, uh, they're just interviewing someone in the curtains. uh, I think that's Harrison Ford. And then uh, the curtains came down and John Williams was like, you know, commanding an orchestra (laughs) and like grown men and everyone's crying. It was the year after um carrie fisher had just passed and so they obviously had like a big tribute again more grown men were crying so it was um <laughs> it was kind of uh it was very nice experience and um again it was just so easy to talk to anyone there because you'd be in line for something and you know everyone's here for you know common interest but it was just mm. interesting to just ask like where are you from like where did you come from like where are you here and you know we met the one other winnipegger <laughs> that was there it was actually it was actually oh. a guy that I uh, I had worked with um, at my job and uh, it's funny because he came with like a bunch of he was coming home with like a bunch of the randomest like Star Wars stuff like a waffle maker that just like printed uh, Darth Vader <laughs> or you know those like hand blenders that like it's like the lightsaber hilt like he was just like getting all these like <laughs> random stuff because he was like I, I didn't think I would run into anyone that I know so he was just like kind of embarrassed because we 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 are also like seated on um, the same row with <laughs> so me my husband oh. and him it was like That's such amazing. a small world <laughs> I once I once went to Montreal for a trip and I got out of the cab and I was wearing a Wicked Ends t-shirt and this guy's walking by the cab and he goes, Hey, Wicked Ends, I'm from Winnipeg too. Right on, man. And he just kept walking. I was like, What? 
<laughs> that is so weird. Seeing Winnipeggers so... everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we are we are a virus. <laughs> we're gonna infect your city. Yeah, we're a parasite. We're always trying to escape Winnipeg, just like uh Guy Madden's my Winnipeg. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. So uh, Guy Madden, you have a connection there too, I'm assuming. Um or do you I've only I only met Guy, uh, like he came and talked to a film class one time, but I know a lot of people that have like worked on Guy's films and stuff. Like my buddy, my buddy Wes, like he always talks about like working on my Winnipeg and Guy screaming more man flesh as they're like hand cranking Super 8 cameras and like (laughs) throwing Vaseline onto lenses and stuff or like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Winnipeg for you. So I was... You went to U of W for film, right? Or was that U of M? Yeah, U U of W for film, which is like U of M is more film studies, I believe, or it used to be anyway. And U of W studies there actually with George Tolls, his uh, guy man's screenwriter. So here's my George Tolls story, and it's like, (laughs) of course you do. So I'm like, I'm it's like fringe, like 15, 20 years ago type of thing. We're wandering around, and we see this this girl crying, and this guy is consoling. And we walk over, we're like, let's just make sure that this girl's okay. And like, are you okay? And the guy's the guy's sober and she's drunk. And you can tell he's just like, Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to get her home. Like, I was like, Are you okay? Like, where are you trying to go? And she's like, I want to go to George Tolls' house. And I'm like, <laughs> what's like it's very late, like it's 2 a.m. George Tolls is sleeping, and she grabs him by, by the shoulders and she goes, George Tolls never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! That's I okay. uh, um, <laughs> when I did uh my whatever solo album or whatever my really oh. shoddily crafted two thousand album, I used a lot of George Tolls um in the album because okay. uh, back when he would grade your stuff, he would g- g- give you an audio, he would give you a cassette or something. I'm trying to remember now. What? He would actually <laughs> all right now this scene is a little bit drawn out and you should lengthen that. Like, and it was always like a, a, a audio commentary on, on everything you did. Right. So I had to make a short film for my final, like final assignment. Yep. And I got a cassette. So I literally took that cassette and started extracting George Tolseyisms, <laughs> George Tolseyisms. And I, I put that, I put a bunch of them in my, uh, on my solo album. I did. So, I've done that before with like voicemails and things like you don't have his permission though. I feel like no, like but who would know it's him though? That's true. That, that wasn't the uh the video that we did at the apartment, is it? With the Weedabix? That was yes, the, that was the yes. That was the one. Yeah, so Todd and I made that film. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, Todd, tell the story about the film because it's oh. it's pretty interesting. Oh my god. Well, he uh Sean wanted to make a a, a film thing so uh it, it first started grade it was for my final grade so i yeah. chose to and i had one of those sony camcorders mm-hmm. so i had it fade in uh and it was basically it started off as someone being sick from the night before so basically they're hovered over the the toilet type of thing and and i had weedabix so i kind of i kind of threw that in you know to kind of make it look real um yeah it was weird and it had some music in the background and then sean was was uh i was supposed to meet sean or something and then he couldn't uh he never showed up so i'm just kind of sitting in the kitchen uh just kind of waiting for him and then it cuts to him kind of drinking on uh on the coffee table he was drinking shots or something and then he kind of realized that he wasn't going to end up showing up and then he kind of passed out i think that was the the gist of the film yeah (laughs) it was an alcoholic 
Do you still have it? Yeah. Okay. We got to put that up somewhere. Yeah. So basically, so we, I, I submitted this film. Um, Tolls gave me a B minus. Hey, that's, well, that's not bad. Sees that. Yeah. So, but here, here, here's the trick. So he said he really liked, he liked the script. He, like he, he, certain things he liked, certain things he didn't like, of course. But the script was written kind of after the fact. So what I did is we kind of filmed the scenes, except for the one, we had one scene that we scripted. But a lot of it was just like improvisational acting. And then I wrote yeah. the script after to make it look like we acted everything because we weren't actors. We didn't know what we were doing. So the script made it look like we were amazing actors. So, <laughs> and then and then I started putting in stuff like putting stuff like the existential crisis in this particular scene is exasperated by or or exasperated not the anyway but it, it's because of and then if you look in the background of the shot there's a candle burning and the candle is a symbol of his soul and and I just like I just <laughs> looked at the I looked at the frame and I'm like okay symbolism uh <laughs> metaphor and I just so when I wrote the script that had to attach to the film I just made shit up and that's what he liked. So it was funny. But anyway, so we sent this film to my mom and my dad, who were living in South America at the time. And it, hey, and I wrote a I don't letter. Think I, heard, I don't think I heard this part. No, okay, so I, <laughs> I, I sent the film because I was, you know, hey, I got a B minus. I was pretty excited. And then um, I sent a letter. Hey, mom, this is the film that Todd and I made for my film studies class. <laughs> got a B minus, really excited check it out blah 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 blah. so mom for some reason either never saw the letter <laughs> or whatever no oh idea what this is didn't realize it was a film uh, even though there was credits and stuff. <laughs> yeah. she, so she thinks she thinks that while they've been away i've become a full-blown alcoholic and i'm making a film to show them that I'm in, <laughs> I'm I'm in dire straits, and I was really skinny back then. I was, you know, while well, I was living on my own, I wasn't eating very much because I couldn't afford uh, much while I was in school. So I was skinny. So she thought I was skinny from drinking too much. And this so, was a confession, or this was confessional. Yeah, <laughs> look what they've been doing while we left. Yeah, so they flew back like, oh, no. fairly quickly. Super concerned, probably. And, uh, <laughs> Dad's plan was to have an intervention. They never read the oh. letter I included. <laughs> oh God! They thought Todd's special effects with the were real. <laughs> so when, because it was a blurred shot of a toilet bowl, and we're pouring water into the, I'm going, oh, or Todd's going, oh, and then we're pouring water into the bowl so it sounds realistic. Yeah, oh yeah. And then yeah. we As put all the Weedabix in, and then the Weedabix is hitting the focus, water. All the pretend puke is in the toilet. So Mom thought all this was real. And she thought I was doing real shots. And it, I don't know, it was Kool-Aid or whatever. So, yeah, so there was a almost intervention. and Wow. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. You should send uh, Nick a link to your um, Star Wars movie, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He, Sean made a Star Wars movie at the ledge. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had permission. That was the Jedi Council area. Yeah, we ah, that's amazing. Council. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to that. It was... Um, God, I remember, don't remember what year that was. No, two thousand six or something. And at the time, it was the only. At the time, it was going to be the only Star Wars fan film that was a feature length. And then we had a showing at the town. Or was it the town or no? The Garrick. 
Garrick Theater. Yeah, the Garrick Theater. The Garrick, yeah. We had a showing there of the film. I played, I don't know. They 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 said I had a lead role, but it was more like a mid role. But I also uh, became friends with the makeup artist, so I played thirteen different characters in the film, with, you know, <laughs> with various prosthetics and stuff. Um, and it was fun, but the film, the the computer, like back then, like two thousand and six, you gotta imagine like what effects were, yeah, like back then. So the director was doing everything on his computer, all the effects on his computer, which wasn't the best computer, so rendering took forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm still using Final Cut 7. Are you? Know? you? Oh, oh wow. yeah, man. You know what, though? Parasite was cut on Final Cut 7, and that one off. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah, the, so the, I don't feel so bad about that. Yeah. The, uh, the computer <laughs> caught on fire uh, <laughs> from so much rendering. So there's a lot of stuff that went missing from the film. So I have oh, no. a cut of the film, and I have a bunch of scenes from the film. So we don't, even though it was it was, it, I think it, it was going to run about 90 minutes or something. Mo- most of it's lost. Well, half of it's lost, I guess, but I still have it and it's posted online. So it's pretty cool. I mean, limited effects, no budget. Um, we, we managed to, to um, uh, somehow get into the ledge and we filmed there for weeks on end. That's running a, around that's in incredible. The, yeah. the others, these like tunnels, not tunnels, but like, Behind every office, there's like an off, like a door that leads to back walls or like back, back halls, I should say. Okay. There's like a secret network of halls that run behind everyone's offices and stuff. So we used to run around in there and <laughs> play, pretend we were Illuminati or something. But I'll send you the link to it. It was pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Why am I telling stories about me? This isn't. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so uh, okay, so you have a new single, you have yep. a new issue, you have an issue too. Yep. Um, now you and now you and I, when we were at your doorstep for an hour worrying my wife, we we had a chat about uh something else coming out. Now I don't want to spoil it here or not, but you were talking about perhaps a live performance. Yeah, we don't have anything booked. Um, I mean, that's something that we keep talking about, but because we all haven't been in the same room for a while, uh, we haven't really gotten to it. But yeah, I mean, like, we all said, like, look, like, we should be doing some sort of live performance to promote this thing with projections of animations and stuff like that. So it's it's one of the many ideas. It's on the spreadsheet, just live performance question mark uh, at the moment. So nothing that, uh, nothing that exciting, but I'm, like for events and things like i'm going to be in uh, toronto at tcaf uh at the end of april um so that's exciting uh which is this toronto comic arts festival and that's oh yeah a hard thing to to get into so i applied and my submission was accepted so you get to go do that i did canzine last fall in toronto um which was like a smaller type of fest but that was a really great experience and again like the just going and talking to people like getting to place the book into people's hands and stuff like that is, uh, is pretty incredible. Um, and to meet other like-minded makers and, and things like that. So I'm very excited. And I've applied to a few other festivals like around Canada and stuff, a few other cons. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah, I mean, maybe a live show by the end of the year, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, I'll yeah, be there for that. Like that's to, to me, 
like it's 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 meshing all the things that I like. I I'm I'm a massive comic nerd, obviously. Um and I love my music, so I don't know, it's kind of meshing and I love the Hanna Bar- Barbera animation. <laughs> you know, um, I grew up on that, so yeah, what did what did you guys think of the book? I haven't really got to talk to a lot of people about about issue one yet. I think I dropped off a copy for you, right, Karen? Yeah, 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 I have it. Um, yeah. I really like it. Like, and oh, um, like uh, Sean said, like, because um, he was saying, like, oh, you know, the the music um, is not. Uh, I thought it was a read through in my mind. It's a read through, but he was like, no, it like complements the comic book and all of that. So I was like listening listening to it after. And then watching all the um the animation, I was like, this is like very interesting because it's it's it takes away the pressure from like producing like or putting everything in the book, putting everything in or or vice versa. I mean, you have like other ways to, like you said, expand the world and like make give you give everyone like the feel of what the world is. And so I was really excited. I actually keep checking the website. Like, when is issue two coming out? <laughs> That's what I kept doing because I was like, I just want to know what happens next. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've got issue two is 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 will be in my mailbox uh, this week. So oh yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, nice. physicals will be coming, and that'll be up on uh, on the on the on nickelastronaut.wordpress.com or at oliviac.net, and just order through Big Cartel. Or if you're in Winnipeg, I can drop you a copy here. Whatever, well, I'll, so. I'll I'll do a trade off if you know. Well, I mean, Ooh. I'll pay for it. But any interest in? Oh, well, this is not going to work. Oh. This is our new album that we just released. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So this is basically it's um it's twenty years. No, I, I bad at math from tracks all the way back from nineteen ninety seven. So uh, it might have been a little bit inspired by your your thing, basically putting all the the stuff we've done, that all the stuff that Todd and I have done in all our side projects like we we you know we had our, our band dome and then we had you know just jamming and then we had all these different bands that we were in but todd, mm-hmm. were, todd and i were always doing music on the side so this is meant to capture all the other stuff you know sweet man yeah i would we, love to check that out yeah i was checking out some of your stuff on soundcloud I'm like yeah really it's 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 up my alley so oh perfect yeah. so it's yeah. more yeah i guess it's most of that soundcloud stuff plus some other stuff that's never been released on there as well so okay yeah sweet man well what did you because uh, you said you were jamming on some of the olivia oh, C yeah, songs so, man yeah okay, what did so, you think of the the project so like what karen said so it, it's interesting because you can just listen to the cassette or you know stream it online or whatever because i was streaming it online before i picked it up yeah uh as well so it's like you can just treat that as its own thing you can just treat the comic as its own thing once because i'd listened to this like i'd listened to the music a lot before i read the comic book so now i'm reading the comic book and i'm like okay wait is this from is this is this (laughs) so then but i didn't have um i'm not a lyric guy even though i'm usually the lyricist in whatever band i'm in yeah but i i don't listen to the lyric first i listen for the feel of the song so choo choo choose you or um uh what's the one that really I've got it open here. I'm horrible. <laughs> and the other thing too is when I'm listening to the cassette, I put the cassette on and I listen. And then I'm like, I don't know what any of the names of these songs are. Yeah. <laughs> so so I just I'm looking here. I think it was, I think Sadie really stuck out idolatry. 
So like, um, and uh, like, I'm not a singles guy. So I'm like, okay, I like the singles a lot and that's what drew me in, but I want to listen to the other stuff now. So I'm trying to, so now I'm like, okay, I got to find a lyric sheet because now I want to go through what's happening in the song. Cause I'm hearing the melody. I'm getting the feel of the song. I know it's, it's melancholic or it's sad or it's jumpy or whatever. And I'm getting the sense of what, what the feelings are within the song, but I don't know what the context of the lyrics right. are. So I'm kind of at that stage where, okay, I, I was, I was either going to write the lyrics out listen to it write them up <laughs> or, or i can send you some lyric sheets man. Yeah, maybe send me some lyric sheets. but i'm like i'm like i can't now i want to like because i'm obsessive sometimes so now it's like okay i want to put the two together and just see where they fit so I, i'm i'm really enjoying it like Sweet. definitely you. so but um as a musician because it, it seems that you and i have kind of similar likes mm-hmm. uh in terms of bands and stuff like everything that I'm hearing on the Olivia C stuff, and I'm like, like okay, that's that's whatever. Like, th- there's there's one song. It's like okay, that's the uh, the intro to War Pigs actually, <laughs> in, in tone, in tone. Okay, and I'm, and I'm like, but it's but it, I don't know. It it feels less. It it's not Sabbathy, but I don't know. And then okay, there's another one. I'm like okay, that's Pixies ish. It's a little kind of a, that kind of feel. So I'm, I'm as I'm going through and I'm like, okay, I'm going to Dave Lovering this one or I'm going to, <laughs> you know, uh, or whatever. So I, I played along with everything and I'm like, I'm like, I can play every single one of these songs because oh, that's awesome. because it's coming from the same place. I'm like, okay, well, that's a whatever. So I, you know, so I, I had so much fun playing along. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It, I it's, just really enjoying it. It sounds very much like where where audio meets video when uh you know the the whole thing where, where they're talking about uh pink floyd the wall oh. and uh and um with wizard of oz like yes. when you when you put them together yeah. so it's like a mood music while you're watching and that that's what this sounds like it's almost like a it, it you, yeah you can do them separately but when you put them together it's like a whole different dimension yeah and so what i've done with issue two actually because there's a few songs there's like four or five songs like written out in the issue so i put on uh on the Bandcamp page with the single i put it's like because there's some unreleased and some demo-y and then there's like the famous sand hogs are actually in the issue uh as well as um patrick michelle sisson and uh and and spinal fluid um because they had done remixes of the song silent reading which was the last single okay so uh the thank you was to put them into this issue uh, so they play a show with Olivia and then they wind up uh, getting into this battle and it's a whole thing. But so I put, if there's a song in that issue, there's, it's all on the band camp as like a little like EP or whatever. And there's a QR code in the, in the inside flap of the issue. So you can listen to this issue. Oh, you're doing that. Yeah. So oh. that'll be a whole thing. Okay, good. Um, Cause I was going to say, why don't you have a QR code? Because it, it'd be kind of cool to like at that point, okay, click the link or scan scan the QR yeah. code and then listen. So 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 now so now you have um background music or like soundtrack as you're listening. Yeah. So yeah, when you get to that page, you can just click on the song and actually just like soak it in, right? Like oh nice. Yeah. And I and I like to let those breathe like on the page, like a lot of the time it's like a full splash page of like the show and just the lyrics kind of coming out or like it's yep. over a few panels or something. So 
yeah it's just kind of like and i was like looking at a lot of different books like like okay like what are some rock and roll books you know there's like like uh strangers in paradise has musical elements scott pilgrim mm -hmm. obviously yep um young liars like there's there are a number of like like even just how to like do it like do we put musical notes in there you know in the illustration like and it's just like oh there are no really rules so i just kind of like found something that i was comfortable with the visual aspect of and it makes sense like visually this says they're playing this song and you're going to read these lyrics and sometimes i don't put the whole song it's just a line or two yeah. but uh yeah i i was like making a whole spreadsheet the other day of like here's all the songs and then here's what issue they're going to go into and to make sure that every song is used at least once and yeah type of thing so it's a whole like and then i've mapped out the next like two years of issues and yeah there's a lot going on so, uh, so i want i want to ask you just because I, I want your opinion um the one of the one of the books that i wrote had a soundtrack to it mm. so the the idea was i had all these songs picked out and then i wrote the book based on how the songs kind of made me feel so every scene like the it was a mixtape basically so the songs are are sad and then they switch to this to melancholic and then they switch to angry and then they switch to so every every grouping of songs was like sections of the book and i wanted to when i released the book and, and published the book i wanted to have this a cd that came with it at the time would right. have been a cd but I, of course, I didn't have rights to any of the songs. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I always thought it'd be. I don't know if there's a book out there that does that where, because there's references to 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 current to culture in in books all the time. It's like, yeah, making you know in the old days it was a reference to Mash or something or or a reference to Seinfeld. Yeah, or, or like in American Psycho, there's tons of oh references to songs and films yeah, yeah. and all, and all these things, right? Like, well, you could do, you could do like a Spotify playlist or something and just like have a code that yeah that, sends it to that. Like, yeah, that would and, and that's and I mean that's how they do movie soundtracks now, right? Like they don't even put out a full album most of the time. It's like a okay, we've made this playlist on Spotify. And that's your soundtrack album for this major release movie. Like, yeah, it's weird. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's, there's, there's no rules really. Right. Like, or even like, I remember in the Scott Pilgrim books, Brian Lee O'Malley in the back had put like, just like, here's a list of songs I was listening to while working on this, on this book. Right. Like, and it's just like, there you go. Like that's look it up yourself and make your own mix. Yeah. Or like, you know, this is what I think of when I when I read this book or watch this film. Like, I remember, like, when I would make short films and stuff, like, I would make a mixed CD per character and give that to the actor and be like, this is this is the vibe. Like, get into this headspace, you know? If you're going to play Carl, this idea. is what Carl would listen to. So, yeah. That's a really good idea. Hmm. I never thought of that. I was doing... Um, I'm sure I stole it from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a movie that I was on. I was uh, I wasn't the director. I I was the screenwriter, but they they kept me on set every day to talk to the actors to get them in the in the right headspace because I'd written it, and I would have these long chats with them. But I never thought of like because when I'm writing a scene and there's always music playing, there's always a soundtrack in my head. I never even thought of doing it that way. Like, okay, this is what I was listening to. Take a listen and blah blah blah. Like. Oh man, that's a good idea. Okay. It's that thing of like Paul Thomas Anderson. I remember there's a whole um on the on the Magnolia DVD, there's like a whole making of Magnolia. And he would have the whole crew, like for a week, they would just go to a screening room and be he's like, Okay, today we're gonna watch network because that oh, wow 
is an influence or that's going to be an influence when we make Magnolia. Okay. Today we're going to watch this. Today we're going to watch that. And it was just like to get everyone in the same headspace. So like there's, you know, we're all creatures who consume all of these things and we all have different ways of doing things, but something very universal like music, it's like, okay. Like even, even with um, like making these Olivia C songs, it'd be like, I'd send Olivia the singer which coincidence, by the way, total coincidence. Um, I'd send her like, okay, like here's some, you know, this is this vibe. And like, and she listens to a very different type of music than like Andy and I might listen to or Matt might listen to. And so she doesn't have a lot of the same. And she's also like 10, 15 years younger than us. So it's like a real like, like there's times we'd be like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this movie in theaters. And she'd be like, I was two. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) So yeah, but it's it's also just cool to like sit around and recommend stuff to people. And that's like if there's anything I miss about doing a radio show or something, it's just like getting to push my tastes onto people. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I can do with with this book. It's like, yeah, like make your pop culture references and and you know, this song sounds like this song. Like, yeah, like there's there's very much like I always say like maybe don't try to make a song that sounds like another song, but like if I say to Andy, like, oh, this has a not a surf vibe or a Pixies vibe, that's a shorthand for like he understands that and he won't try to rip off yeah. a not a surf or Pixies song, but he'll understand that vibe and that headspace and just go from there. Um, because you can very much tell like if a band is trying to sound like something like yeah. remember when like Franz Ferdinand and stuff, and then like a bunch of other bands sounded oh like God. that, but by that point, Franz Ferdinand had had uh you know tapered out on popularity so then you're like what now you've changed the sound of your band to sound like someone else or like or interviewing gordy johnson from big sugar and he was talking about like yeah there was a big push for us to be, to go grunge and oh, that yeah. is it's like every time i've been in a band and i brought a, a song to the group and I, there was this one guitarist who always tried to turn everything country and i would <laughs> say i don't think that that's what this song is i think what you're writing is a different song and i think that's great but what this song is, is like a spacey indie rock song. And there's a Moog synthesizer and there's, you know, like lots of, you know, big swooping guitars and things like that. So it's just, I don't know. I, I'm very much about like, I would say like I'm a documentary songwriter or something. Like I like to capture the music in the room as it comes out, Yeah. you know, or like lyrically, like I rarely rewrite lyrics. Like I like to capture that moment and that vibe and, be able to think back to like oh i wrote this song on a post-it note while i was working as a pa on a ctv movie of the week and i was really depressed and i was really in love with one of the girls in the makeup department and like (laughs) so that's what this song is about you know like that type of shit so yeah yeah i like yeah i i I prefer honesty as opposed to um a trend following or whatever you know yeah and that's what's weird about the Olivia character too, is that like, it's a lot of me and a lot of my values and ideas, but it's like through the lens of a, a woman in her mid twenties who's going through her own stuff. So like, there's a lot to the character, but a lot of that character is me and, you know, it deals with anxiety and, you know, heartbreak and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just a, it's a character I've written for a long time and I like to be able to inject myself in there, but I also like to serve the character and to serve the story and to serve the music and it's all like we all that's the beauty too of the people the musicians that work on this project like matt and andy and olivia all understand that this is like a very specific thing 
and these songs are made for this particular thing and it's fun to do and to just be loose and to not have to worry about like oh will i have to recreate this live or whatever it is you know and just yeah. play the song in the moment capture that thing it's very much like like we did a lot of the songs on the second record like very live off the floor and Olivia would obviously overdub her vocals, but that was about it. And then Andy would overdub a lot of the, the parts, like all the guitars and everything. And but that yeah. the, the feel is there. Capturing the vibe is is very much there. So yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we'll cap it off there. If that is cool with everyone. Sure. Um, you plugged yourself earlier, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's replug again. <laughs> where where can we uh, where can we find you and olivia and all this stuff so uh i'm on all your socials at nicolastronaut n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s astronaut uh and at uh nicolastronaut.wordpress.com is like my main site with all my junk and then olivia c olivia c.net at olivia c 33 on all your socials um on your youtubes on your instagrams etc um yeah no thanks so much for for the chat this is very cool to meet y'all and uh good to see you again sean yep yeah definitely so um definitely nice the new single is out now the new comic comes out this week. New, new comic will be out uh like it, you can you can order it on uh nicolastronaut.bigcartel.com uh, that's the or just go to the, one of the websites and there's links there go to livyc.net to order it but yeah, super uh, super easy platform to order through, and uh, yeah, it's uh, and there'll be bundles if you want to get issue one and two or whatever. And then I'm going to have a special convention exclusive version of issue one with a with a variant cover and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Well, I, I am liking the variant variant covers and stuff, and like in the posters and stuff. So you're you're stealing like um, not stealing, but homage, Hang homage, <laughs> an homage to like Kitty Pride or whatever, or an homage to. You know, I I love that stuff because I'm like, oh, that's issue blah 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 blah. That's 142 X Men. That's like, <laughs> you know, right away yeah. I'm calling all that stuff out. And I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, issue two of the unpredictable Olivia C is an homage to uh, Secret Wars eight, where Spider Man gets the black costume for the first yeah. time. So, awesome. watch out for that. Um, yeah, yeah, no new single Lottie in the Black and White Room streaming wherever you stream anything uh, available at the Bandcamp if you want to support and you get a digital copy of the comic uh if you buy it on Bandcamp uh and you get a bunch of b-sides and all the, the all the songs from the issue stuff like that so yeah there's there's plenty of content to dive into uh if you want to enjoy awesome thanks a lot nicholas nick nicholas whatever whatever you Thank prefer you <laughs> Tension.